Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. It's Carmen and Brian. Thanks for joining us for the Let's Be Real podcast. Um, today, we are going to continue our talk on um, a godly family structure, and we're talking, focusing in on the wife this week. So, You're um, in the hot seat. Yes. Yeah. So how, how have we been this week? We've had a little crazy week. Oh, we? yeah. We had some, we had some fails. <laughs> some parenting fails. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So on Tuesday uh, was homework, math homework day. And if you guys don't know, I was a math major in college, so I expect Shelby to be one too. <laughs> She's 12. I expect her to way. get 100 on everything. The first time. Yeah, that doesn't work out like that, nor does she listen to what I have to say half right. the time. So yeah. math homework days is always a fail. It's we have to ask a lot of forgiveness after those days, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Well, I had an interesting week. I had a little fender bender on what day was that? Wednesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. Yep. The same day as homework day. Yeah. So that was fun. Yep. But I'm okay and the cars will be okay when we get it fixed. So all is well that ends well. Right? If you say so. <laughs> Well, then Thursday, this crazy thing happened. I take I took Shelby to get her physical for she's trying out for soccer. And we pull up to the doctor's office and I open the truck. I'm in your truck, so I open the truck door, and there's this cat roaming around the parking lot, and it just hops into the truck. <laughs> As I'm getting out, it hops in. Needed a warm place. I guess. And then I tried to reach for it, and then it jumped into the back seat where I couldn't get to it. So I opened both sides of the truck, the back seat of the truck, <laughs> and kind of ran it out. People in the parking lot probably saw, think I thought I was crazy because I was running around the truck from back and forth, and it was a mess. Got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I don't like cats either, so it was a little traumatizing. <laughs> Anywho, that's that's how our week's been. Um, but today, as we are recording, it's a Saturday morning, and it's peaceful here at our house, and a rare moment Brian and I are here by ourselves. We've had we've cooked breakfast and had coffee, and we now just, you're we're in, just chilling. No, now you're in the hot seat. Okay. Let's go. Let's do it. Well, let's start with the scripture then. Okay. So I'll be reading Psalms 128. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord blessed you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Okay, so what's your, like last week, what's your takeaways from these verses as a godly wife? Okay, well, the first thing that jumped out to me um, is that the wife's, if we want to say the word success, which is maybe not the best word to use, but the wife's success is a direct byproduct of the husband's fruit of his relationship with God. So 
the husband's relationship with God is a channel to bless for the wife, of blessings for the wife. Um, the house is the setting of her fruitfulness, which is, and the, the word um, house here refers to like family, so the family unit. So the wife's, the setting of her fruitfulness is inside the family. Um, and then I, I kind of was a little confused on what it meant, so I wanted to dig a little bit deeper So I looked at the New King James Version, and the wording here is a little bit better um, than what we're reading, which is NIV. Are you reading NIV? I'm not. Oh, well, I read NIV, so that's where I did my studying. Um, English Standard Version. Okay. Well, New King James says, Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. So a vine, if you think about a plant, right, the vine is the channel of where the nutrients travels from the root where the seed was planted from the root to where the fruit comes out. It's in the middle. It's, it's the middle. It's that, that pipeline, I guess, of getting healthiness. It's healthiness. Oh, that's a word. I don't know. It's not the most important part. I would say the most important part maybe would be the roots. Mm-hmm. It's in between there. Yeah. Yeah. So if you think about it as a family, if the husband's the root, then the wife is that that vine, that channel, the pipeline to get the nutrients to the fruit, which are the children. So if you think about that, you know, that picture. Um, The wife is the glue of the family. She knows, sees, and nurtures all the inner workings of the family um, as as it looks to that vine. So that's what I got out of that. Yeah. All right. Good. Thanks. All right. Let's move on. So next we'll be reading Genesis 2, 18 through 25. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird, the the heavens of the heavens, sorry, and brought them to the man to see what he called them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. Then the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this is last, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of the man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. All right. So what's your takeaways from that, those verses? Okay. The first thing, um, it just lays out right here what the wife's role is. And twice, um, it refers to the wife as the helper. I geeked out a little bit on these scriptures. So I kind of looked up some of what the words meant, um, this Hebrew word for helper is azar, which means, which has also been used to describe the help that God gives his children. So 
in my mind, being a wife is a divine assignment from God that he's the same help that he gives his children is, is the help that he wants a wife to give their husband. I can't, I'm not going to be God, but I can follow God's example in being your helper. Um, and, and then the last thing that just popped out to me is that last verse you read where it says they were both naked and unashamed. Um, and I think, yes, that's a physical nakedness, but I also think it's a emotional and spiritual, you know, there's nothing I'm, I need to be hiding and that you need to be hiding either. So part of my role as a wife is to be open and honest with you, to be real, you know, to bring my struggles to you. and Let's get naked. And we'll get naked too. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Can't wait. So that was what I got out of Genesis 2. <laughs> okay, moving on. Well, we won't be ashamed, <laughs> will we? Moving on. All right. So next one is Ephesians 5, 23 through 33. For the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so, the, so also wives should submit everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing water of the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that he might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of, of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Okay. Um. So I took away from this that wives are commanded to submit to their husbands. We're having some technical difficulty. Um, wives are commanded to submit to their husbands as they submit to the Lord. Okay. Um, and if you look back up in verse 21, it says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So... And then verse 22, wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord. So as you are submitting to God is the way that you need to submit to your husband. So to me, submission is a lifestyle, first to God and then to your spouse. Um, if you are in the habit of submitting to God out of a love for him, then submitting to your husband will not be an issue, a hardship, right. if it's coming be, out of a place of love. It'll just be natural. Right, right, because you're already in the in the habit of doing that. Right. Um, and then I thought about that our submission as wives will flow from how we see our husbands sacrificing and loving us. So if the husband is doing his role, following the pattern of Christ, how he sacrificed and loved the church, then 
our submission is going to flow from that. It's easier to let, if I'm doing the right thing mm-hmm. and you see that, it's easier for you to follow. Right, right. You know, it, it, uh, it occurred to me that Christ sacrificed first. You know, he died on the, fir- on the cross first, and then the church was born. Right. So in that, a husband, is the husband taking the lead in the sacrifice, in the love? And then the bride, the wife, the church is going to submit from that place. Right. So that's what I got. But also submission, um, to get a little nerdy on the definition, is to rank oneself to be under one's control, or this is, I think, what is going to be important to remember, to yield to one's admonition or advice. So it's not a hardship. It's a, okay, I know where I'm ranked (laughs) in this, you know, this relationship. I know whose control I'm under, God first, and then my husband. And it's not a, a, a control of an iron hand, an iron fist, you know, it's a loving control um and then it's, i'm gonna okay. yield myself okay to, to be that. nerdy yeah i'm sorry i mean you know nerd out i like nerd out i am because i want to know what this is saying if i'm gonna follow my life after it you know I mean, come on i like math <laughs> i like georgia tech i mean how much nerdier can you get i got glasses on right now yes you, know, you do i nerd out a lot get nerdy well i have because I've got pe- two, three pages of nerdy notes. <laughs> nerdy and nerdy. Yep. Let's go. Okay. That was all from Ephesians. <laughs> all right. Last but not least, 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they might be won without a word by the contact of their conduct of their of their wives. Sorry. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of your hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but, be, but let your adorning be hidden, the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is in God's sight is very precious. For this is how a woman, holy women who hope in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children. If you do good and do not fear anything, that is frightening. Man, that was a struggle. Yeah. Struggled reading those, my goodness. <laughs> All right, so what's your what's your takeaway from, from those? All right. Again, wives are submitted or excuse me, wives are commanded to submit to their husbands in the same way as God commands that we submit to, to others, to Him. Um, if you go back and read the, the passages before that, um, it talks about submitting to all the different authorities that have been established in our lives, um, you know, our bosses, our government authorities, all of those kind of things. And why would we do that is because this act of submission is always a glorifying to God. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be an example of my relationship with God, a testimony to what God's doing in my life. So that there's always a bigger picture. It's not to submit just to submit. It's a submission in a way that glorifies God and testifies 
of his goodness to those that are looking. Always do your work as for the Lord. Mm -hmm. Right. Whether that work is here at at the house or as a wife, as a husband, as a, you know, as our secular jobs, all those things. Right. Um, Now, this is kind of a bummer on verse four. No, verse three, where it says, you know, don't let your beauty be outward adornment. I mean, I like jewelry. I like fine clothes, you know. No, you don't. <laughs> I'm talking about. I do. Mm. I go shopping a lot. Yeah, but it's not expensive stuff you well, buy. Well, that's true. I mean, I don't go buy pearls and gold bracelets and stuff like that. I mean, you buy jewelry that is $5. I mean, come on. Well, I bet I like to look nice when I go outside. Oh, yeah. But that's something I can't, I can't let my identity and my, what I think about myself based on the things that I put on outwardly. Correct. Um, As a wife, our lives should be characterized by purity, reverence, and the beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, because God is pleased with that kind of beauty. Um, And God is ultimately who we answer and submit to. So... In our study Bibles that we use, um, there is a little, just a little write-up about submission. And it says that submission is functional, a distinguishing of our roles and the work we are called to do. It's relational, a loving acknowledgement of another's value as a person. It's reciprocal, a mutual, humble cooperation with one another. And it's universal, an acknowledgement by the church of the all-encompassing lordship of Jesus Christ. So um, when you put it in those terms, it doesn't seem like it's a... Submission gets a bad rap some days, so... It definitely does. But when you do it, when you do it correctly, and we don't do it, of course, we're going to fail in that, but... Well, it's not, it it's builds not, each other up it's when not you like do I it. say, get down on your knees and submit to me. Right. You know, it, it's a, it's a loving. All hail, right, no. King Brian. No. No. <laughs> Definitely not. No. All right. Okay. So you ready to be on some more hot seat sure. with some juicy questions? Sure. Not really juicy. I just made that up. <laughs> All right. So question number one. What is the goal of a godly marriage? And you kind of answered this last week again. Let's reiterate this week again. Okay. So we talked about it, and this comes straight from these scriptures that we've read. The goal of a godly marriage is to be a reflection of how Christ loves the church and that relationship. Um, And my role as the wife is to be the helper, to to nurture, to build, to build up. And so I need to be in that role and embrace it. You are. I think you do Thanks. a good I think you do a good job of that. Thank you. Way better than me. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. All right. <laughs> good answers. Thank All right. You. Question number two. Mm-hmm. Describe what submission looks like from a wife's perspective. But you've kind of already yeah, answered that. I've touched on that. Here yeah. we go. Let's hear it. Um, again, I think it's a it's a lifestyle. It's a habit. Um, it said a trust of I can submit to you as my husband because I know you're doing the right thing or you have the right intentions or you've gotten some kind of instruction or direction from God and now you, you want to lead our family in that way. So submission to me is a matter of trust and, and faith 
and, and your abilities as a husband. Um, and it fle- that fleshes itself out in all different kind of ways and scenarios day in and day out. Yeah, I think we kind of lead together. You know, I think it's uh, it's uh, it's teamwork, mm-hmm. you know. One thing I, I have tried to do, and we talked about that this morning before we started recording, that, you know, our 12-year-old daughter, we hope and pray that she will, God's plan for her is to be a wife one day. And I need we need to be showing her these examples. I need to be showing her what submission looks like. And so I'll even, you know, say it, well, we'll have to talk with, to Daddy about this and we'll see what he says. You know, I think that that's showing her that and the value of your input and your role and we're not going to make a decision until you have a say-so and what, what's going to go down. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. All right, number three. What should every Christian husband know about his wife? I put down that she needs, um, she needs your love, your faithfulness, and then your gentleness. So that gentleness is... Oh, boy. <laughs> and I tell you this sometimes, like when you're talking to Shelby. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. All the time. <laughs> but as, as females, we need that gentleness. It's yeah. not, you know... I'm not very gentle. We don't like the rough around the edges stuff. No. No. I shouldn't say I'm not all. I'm gentle sometimes. Mm-hmm. You are. If I think, you know, if I really. You got to be intentional it, about yes. it. Yes. Yeah. It's not something that becomes that comes natural. Mm-hmm. It it takes work, just like what we said about putting God first. It's not my natural instinct to be a gentle person. Right. But I need to be. Yeah. Definitely. Fruits of the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. All right. Okay. Anything else on that? Ah, uh, that's all I had. Moving on. Okay. Number four. (laughs) Go. (laughs) (laughs) How can a single woman prepare for being a wife? Okay. So these are three things. I wrote down three things that I felt like maybe I I did as a single person. Um, Pray for your future husband and pray that he would embrace his role as, as the leader of the house, the head of the house. Um, be in communion with God on a regular basis, and then be teachable. A lot of times, you know, I wouldn't shut down or turn or tune out if a, I was listening to a sermon about married people. Like I would listen and see, okay, I'm not married yet, but I will be one day maybe, and I need to, what can I learn from this today? So I think being teachable in the midst of that singleness is important. I think we learn things every day. Mm-hmm. Or you should be learning something new every day. Yeah. Yeah, that was it for that one. Okay, Okay. last one. Mm -hmm. What are three action steps a wife can take today to become more like the wife that Scripture lays out? Okay, so I have two. How about I add the third one? Well, I have three, but one I need to reiterate twice. So how about just let me? Okay. Okay, so I'll do the three. Got something to say that, that we've talked about how what needs to work out. In this submission that we're talking about. Okay. All right. So the first thing that I put is um, wives need to be praying for your husband every day. They need to be, not when he has a cold or when he's got something stressful going on at work. Like every day he needs to be on your prayer list praying for him. Same for a husband. 
He's be right. praying for his wife every day too. Right. Um, number two, bite your tongue. If that need to be said, don't say it. If it's not helpful, if it's not kind, <laughs> if it's not going to improve that's the, <laughs> yeah, that's very hard. If it's not going to improve the atmosphere in your home, just bite your tongue. Well, and that, that should have happened this week with me. Well, uh, me too, son. <laughs> we got through it though. Yeah, yeah. We made up, kissed and made up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the third one again: pray for your husband. I don't think we can. We can't say that enough. Pray, pray, pray. Right. Prayer changes things. Right. And when when you don't don't feel like you have to control your husband, pray that God that God would reveal Himself. That's one of my prayers for you: is that God would continuously reveal Himself to you, over and over again. Um, and I don't have to sit here and point my finger at you and tell you stuff. And that's where biting my tongue comes into. Yeah. Yeah. Is it my turn? Yeah. What did you have to add? Listen up, ladies. <laughs> this is very important. Okay. Maybe the most important thing. Earth, earth shaking. Yes. Okay. We talked about that this morning. You want to hear what it is? I do. Here, here we go. Let's hear it. Here we go. Let's go. All right. So, all right, ladies, you listening? Listen, please. Stop everything. <laughs> Stop washing the dishes. Stop yelling at your kids. <laughs> yelling at your Stop husband. the car. Stop the car. Stop it. You have to let your husband lead. You cannot be the leader of your home as the way God sets it up in Scripture. Mm. You have to let him lead and allow him to lead. It's a very hard thing to do. It's yeah. just like what I talked about last week about it's not natural for us to uh, put God first. Well, I think I said that two weeks ago, even last week. Here again, it's not natural for a strong, godly woman to let, you know, her husband lead. Mm-hmm. Maybe not natural, but we've talked about it. Can be natural if you prepare yourself, as we said, like as a single lady or even a even a couple as of now. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does, and I think that's a good segue to to our conclusion for today um, is that the old adage, she wears the pants in the family, I think that goes, it's, goes against everything that's in Scripture for a marriage. Right, because I wear the doggone pants. Right. And, I put them on every day. And even if you say that as a joke or there's some truth behind it because of what people are seeing on the outside looking in, so be careful what you put out there. And wife, don't be... You know, being a gentle and quiet spirit is not being meek with your hands folded, sitting on the couch. I mean, I can be a strong force here in my home and outside of it, but I don't have to be in control and I don't have to be in the driver's seat, but I can still be a strong um, part, of, part of the family. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You ready to wrap this sucker up? Wrap and, it up. And pray? Wrap it up. (laughs) You want to pray today? Oh, Lord. Sure. Thank you. And Lord, just thank you again for this day and uh, for our talk today, God, as we continue to put you first, God, each and every day. Just thank you for my wife and and the things that she does here, God, and her faithfulness to you 
and she definitely puts you first, God, and she allows me to lead. I can't ask for anything better from her. Thank you again for this day. Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. Thanks for joining me again today. Sure. It's been a real conversation. Be real and true. Right. So another verse, uh, scripture we didn't get to today because it was just way too long to read is Proverbs 31. I think it begins in verse 10 through the end of the chapter. Um, talking about a godly woman um, and how that fleshes out in day to day. So check that out. And next week, we're going to be back with our last installment of um, in this series. And we're going to be focusing in on our children next week. So that should be real fun. Don't let them control your house. Right. We'll get more into that. little segue. Yeah, we'll get more into that next week. So thank you for joining us. And we'll meet you back here. Uh, Check us out where you listen to podcasts. Subscribe, like, share with a friend. And we will see you next week. Go be real. The world needs to see it. Peace.